Hi, I'm Jason Wachab, founder and CEO of MindBuddyGreen, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at MindBuddyGreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. John Mackey is the co-founder and CEO of Whole Foods Market, the co-founder of the Conscious Capitalism Movement, and author of the best-selling books Conscious Capitalism, The Whole Foods Diet, and his latest must-read, The Whole Foods Cookbook. He is without question one of the most important and most inspiring people in organic food today. It's an honor to call him a friend and have him back on the MBG podcast here today. John, welcome back. Thanks, Jason. Good to be here. It is so great to have you here. You were here almost, it was a, it was a while ago. 18 months, I think. 18 months ago. Uh, and since then, lots, lots happened, the merger with Amazon, and, and Whole Foods turned 38 years old. Right. I know. But, Time is flying by. And so congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so you want to be clear, though, it's, you're almost 40 years old. Right. Because Whole Foods started before Whole Foods and just... Talk about yeah, that. we had a precursor to Whole Foods called Safer Way Natural Foods. It was a small store in Austin that we did for a couple of years and then relocated it, merged with another company, changed the name to Whole Foods Market because they didn't want to be called Safer Way and we didn't want to be called their name. So that's kind of when you can say Whole Foods was birthed, but I always think of it as a continuum. For me, it's a continuum, so it's 40 years. Wow. Well, congratulations. That's like four trillion millennial years. In terms, of <laughs> well, congratulations. Thanks. And a lots, a lots changed. So when we first met eighteen months ago, the merger with Amazon, uh, a lots changed. Uh, specifically, I think with organic and natural, and then like the future of grocery. But just start with organic and natural. Like, what's changed in the world today, where it was a year ago, and then even forty years ago, and how that's exciting for you? I don't know how much has changed in a year. I, I can't. I can't chop it up like that that much, but uh, certainly has changed a lot in 40 years. First of all, um, natural has really changed. In fact, it's becoming increasingly difficult to even use the word natural because there's so many Whole Foods get, and everybody's getting sued for using the word. Sure. I mean, it's like uh, what we meant by natural was it didn't have any artificial colors, flavorings, preservatives. It's just, you know, kind of a natural food. Uh, minimally processed. We gave a definition for it, but there's no legal definition for it. And so you have a lot of ambitious lawyers that sue because uh, you're using this word natural and uh, maybe it, it's, if, if it has a GMO in it, is it natural? So it's, it's, it's very confusing out there. And, and so increasingly Whole Foods and other companies, you'll see that word begin to disappear because it's because of legal ha- har- harassment. Organic, 40 years ago, there was no, uh, there was very little of it in America, and the little that was there was not certified, and and there was, there are interesting stories. I mean, like, uh, one of the companies we were buying organic from 40 years ago was uh, Sunburst Farms in California, uh, was one of the leading organic producers, and they were also a commune, an occult, and a survivalist cult. And uh, <laughs> not, not Osho. The, the whole not, uh, the whole thing blew up as the as the 
I think the Fed shut them down, and we lost one of our major sources for organic. And then another guy, uh, Max Kozak, was basically taking. He got he he bought a lot of organic boxes, but then stuck commercial produce in those organic boxes and shipped it. So there was a lot of fraud in the early days, until there was good certification processes that we now have in place today, and of course, including the USDA definition for it. So organic has evolved a lot. I mean, Whole Foods. Uh, we, we now do over 50% of our, of, our, of our produce sales are organic, and uh, it's continued to increase as the market tends to prefer, most of our customers tend to prefer it, and they're willing to pay up for it. And the sourcing is there. Some people, who aren't, some people will say like, oh, like we don't have enough organic. I don't, that, that's not necessarily true. Well, markets are dynamic. So if there's a market demand for organic, then, and there is, so it grows. Although a little-known fact is that the demand for organic in the U.S. and Europe is much higher than the than the supply that's being produced in those countries. So they're net importers of organic. In the case of the U.S., we import a lot of, of organic from around the world, but primarily in from uh, Mexico, South America, and Central America. Those are good sources for certified organic. And in Europe, they bring a lot up from Africa. So uh, it's it's and that's good because that's been good for these uh, developing countries to have a, uh, uh, an outlet for their organic produce and they're growing for the for the the markets in uh, Europe and in the EU and in the U.S. Wow. So also in the in the past year, so Amazon happened, which you know a lot of people said, "Wow!" Like n- no one ever thought. That would happen. Um, no one, no one under. I think in some ways, it's it's about like worlds colliding, which to me mm-hmm. is exciting. Like mm-hmm. it's you talk about values like access, and all of a sudden there's a whole layer of access that that didn't exist before. And I think had people rethink about what the future of grocery means. Just like walk us through like what's happened, the decision, and all that stuff, and all all the stuff you're excited about. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, that's a long story. I don't know how much you want me to say. How much time little, do you want me to devote to that question? I don't know. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Oh, okay, that's a lot of time. Uh, well, I mean, at the time, shorter if you can at, shorter, at the but, time we came in to talk about the Whole Foods Diet book, the last yes. time we talked, because we just did the book release, that was the very day that I met with you, and and that was when Jana Partners announced shareholder activism against Whole Foods Market. They had taken an eight point eight percent. And they demanded that we replace our board and we put the company up for sale. They also criticized me for doing a book tour instead of all the fun stuff you want to hear on day one of your book tour. Exactly. So we had to cancel the book tour. So the book really not never got the um, the publicity that it deserved to get in the world. And hopefully, with the Whole Foods Cookbook, uh, those those pictures might make you want to eat that book. It's a great. It is a really good book. I'm really proud of it. Um, And so. we began to look around. We, we didn't really want to sell the company, but if we were going to be forced into a sale, and I thought there was probably a pretty good chance that we would be forced into a sale, that who would we want to be sold to? I know we did not want to be sold to a traditional conventional supermarket chain, like not anything against them. I just didn't think Whole Foods would be, um, it would be good for us to be part of, say, Kroger or, or, or Albertsons or Walmart or Target. I just didn't think those would, our purpose, our higher purpose, our mission, our culture, our values, I didn't think they would be preserved that well 
in that situation. And so I'd heard a rumor that Amazon had looked at Whole Foods one time. So we made a contact uh, through a mutual uh, connection to see if Amazon had interests, and they did. They had a lot of interests. So after that, I, I flew up to meet with Jeff Bezos and three of his senior executives with three of my senior executives, and we had a very powerful first meeting. I was, I, I'm a romantic guy, so I said it was like love at first sight. Wow. And it really kind of was. We had that, we had the conversation that you often have when you fall in love with somebody, that we had that, uh, that first day. And we talked for three hours, and we, we talked about all the things we could do together. And, and they weren't anything like I thought they would be. They were very down-to-earth people, very smart, very creative, but they weren't the corporate types that I had anticipated might be at Amazon. They were, they were well, they were like you and me, Jason. They were just sort of, um, uh, you know, super cool people. <laughs> me, Jeff Bezos, and John Mackey. So um, that was a joke, of course. But uh, 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 not that you're not super cool. But I'm taller than Bezos. He's more jacked than me. Yeah, that's true. You're taller than most people. Uh, and we had a good connection. And, and when Whole Foods people went to a restaurant to process what had happened, it was like, man, They'd be so great to partner with them. It, they were they were amazing, and and it was like, do you think they liked us too? Because all of our, our fear with Amazon the whole co- time we were talking with them was that, yeah, maybe they were just going to try to get our intellectual capital, and they weren't really serious. Right. Uh, get as much as you can from Whole Foods, and then we'll just do what they do. But they were very serious. And four days after that first meeting, they sent a whole team of about ten to twelve guys down to Austin, uh, disguised as outside consultants. Jeff Bezos was not in that group because it's hard to disguise him. And we had another tremendous talk that went on for, for a whole day. And literally six weeks after that first meeting, we had signed a merger agreement. And we were... Wow, that's fast. Yeah, very fast. It was love at first sight, kind of a whirlwind romance. And a proposal was made and accepted. And, uh, and two months after that, when the tribal elders, i.e. the government, approved the merger, we were... <laughs> the marriage, we were, we, were, we were married or merged together. And... Uh, so that's been about 15 months, and honestly, the merger's gone really well. Uh, you can disregard a lot when you read in the, in the, in the, the, what the media says, because they don't know, because neither Whole Foods or Amazon talks in the media uh, about things, but, and, and we don't do interviews about the merger and whatnot. So, but the merger's going very well. Whole Foods sales are way up since the deal happened. Uh, contrary to things you might read, we're not cutting local out in all our stores. We're actually increasing local. It's, it's, it's bizarre. We've cut our prices twice so far in, in large chunks, and we're going, to have, we're going to continue to do that. We'll have another large price reduction, I hope, in the next few months. So we're working That's out fantastic. the details on that. So I'd say it's going very well. I, I really, I mean, like any marriage, and you're always going to, there's always things you got to work out in the marriage, right? But of course. We're, Amazon with Whole Foods has respected our, one of the things I want to get clear on is that our higher purpose, our mission, and our core values were not going to be messed with, with Amazon. And they said, absolutely not. However, uh, I, do, I can speak from personal experience, but I think any of the listeners who are married will, will nod their heads in agreement. You may not plan on changing when you get married, but if it's a good marriage, you will change. <laughs> because you're, you're, you're going to be influenced by the, the, your partner, and you're going to learn new things. And so Whole Foods is evolving and changing, uh, but it's not in a coercive way. We're being, we're being, in a sense, seduced by Amazon's technology and Amazon's ways of doing things, and we're incorporating many of those elements into our culture. But we're taking them in because we want to as opposed to them being forced upon us. Sure. 
So I'm assuming if like the love at first sight, I'm guessing, you tell me if I'm right or wrong, your side, it's okay, direct to consumer, they're really powerful access at price points, like in terms of being value driven and mission driven, that's a big thing. We can provide organic at a lower price and more efficient. That's huge. From their end, I'm assuming uh, retail footprint around the country and can plug into their systems. Um, for distribution, do I more or less? You have a big part of it. I mean, one of the things you left out for Whole Foods, and maybe the biggest thing is that, um, I mean, we can think long term again. Amazon, by Whole Foods not being a public company any longer, we can actually begin to plan for the long term. And Amazon, better than any other company in the world, has been able to kind of hold off the short termism of Wall Street and sure. really think long term. Jeff Bezos is so brilliant and doing that, that now we can do it. And we couldn't do it before. We were under a lot of pressure to make those quarterly earnings. When you have shareholder activists and people you know, complaining about the stock price, you may not want to be short-term focused, but you end up beginning to move in that direction just in order to keep your company um, f free and independent. So now we can do that again. Whole Foods can, can begin to create value. For, when you do price cuts, I mean, you're gonna make less money initially for sure. But Amazon allows us to do that because they're taking a long-term perspective on it. And, and we couldn't do that. If we'd done a big price cut when we were independent, it would have killed our profits. And then the market would have gone crazy and our stock price would have been bid down. And, it would have been, and then you'd have even more pressure from, from shareholders to make um, changes in the board, changes in management. So Amazon's giving Whole Foods the freedom to make the decisions that will enable us to create the most value for all of our stakeholders over the long term, customers, team members, suppliers, investors, and the communities that we're part of. That's, that's the number one thing that's been important to me in the merger. So as an entrepreneurial, mission-driven CEO, do you feel almost reinvigorated and just mm -hmm. so excited? Yeah, exactly right. I, I get to concentrate again on the business. I don't have to talk to Wall Street anymore. And I, I know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we were public for 25 years, wow. and I had to, so I did 25 years, four times a year. We had to report earnings to the investment community, and we had, and and we had earnings calls. So I had a hundred of those as a public company, and, and you're still alive. Yeah, and I have to say, I have not missed doing that <laughs> at all. So yeah. So what has you most excited about the future today, as you think bigger picture and where you want to go? I mean, again, I think. Uh, for Whole Foods that Amazon gives us, uh, uh, again, the long-term perspective, they give us technology expertise that we do not have internally and, and help, and they're helping, like we've already, in less than a year, we're now in like 68 cities we're doing delivery in uh, through Prime Now, incredibly rapidly rollout. We have our Prime Benefits program. And, and that's have a big impact for people that are prime members to get, to, to get the special, our loyalty program out. Uh, there's all kinds of new cool stuff we're going to be doing, like a, a, um, a customer satisfaction uh, measurement thing instantaneously when you're in the store. So we, oh, can, wow. we know what your experience is. We'll be rolling that out in 2019. Um, and, I mean, lots of other cool stuff. I mean, Amazon's now launched the Amazon Go Store, which is a very exciting concept yeah. because... You, you just open your app, you access the store, the cameras, track where you are and track what you put into your basket, and then you just leave. You don't have to stand in line. And 
there's I've yet to meet a person yeah. who really enjoys standing in line. They really uh, they don't like to do that. I was just eating at Union Square today for lunch, and it was the store was packed. We were there at peak lunch, and you know we had. 40 registers going that's a lot of registers but still the lines were really long and I mean, you had to wait 10 minutes to get your food and i don't think people were like thrilled about that i wasn't thrilled about it so in amazon go they you just get your food and go i think that as you ask about the future that's in the future for sure say, like what is the future? i think what what happened when when this merger got announced i think like jaws dropped across grocery and retail across the world like what is the future of grocery i don't know what the future grocery is but i i I will tell you i don't exactly know what it is but i'll tell you where that where it's trending and it's trending towards you can get as a customer consumer you can get whatever food you want whenever you want it wherever you want it at a price that you're willing to pay so consumer rules and remember amazon's higher highest purpose is to be the Earth's most customer-centric business. They really do build their business model around customers. So does Whole Foods. So I think what in the future I can't tell you all the where the technology is going to, how it's going to roll out and evolve necessarily because I don't know. Sure. And it's being. I mean, I always say, if you think back 20 years ago, and people had asked you to make predictions, think about what's happened in the last 20 years technology-wise. Google was just created 20 years ago. So nobody was using Google, really, or just a few people were using it 20 years ago. Nobody had a smartphone. There were still, like, phone booths people had to use. Uh, n- nobody was using Google Maps. You couldn't navigate yourself around. There was no Facebook. There was no um, uh, Netflix. There was no uh, Uber, Uber. Lyft. Just Lyft, think about that. You're going to hit something. It's insane. Exactly. Yeah. So the world is, and, you know, we're moving towards, like, self-driving aut- autonomous cars, and it's just... Uh, Tesla didn't exist, so there's just who knows what kind of breakthroughs are going to occur in the next 20 years. So uh, adapting to that will be part of what every business has to do. And I mean, You've great being part of for that. being being part of Amazon means that we will also not just be reacting to the future; we'll be helping to create it as well. And that's fun. That's exciting. When I met with Jeff uh, Bezos and we were talking and and having that uh, conversation, he just said, "Let's reinvent the supermarket business." And I thought, well, that's what Whole Foods has been doing, but you'd be a great partner to help accelerate right. that for sure. And and uh, and so I love that. I love that big vision that Jeff has. It's been very inspiring to me personally. I love it. So getting back to like the stuff that's on the shelf, like what what categories are there's so much innovation happening in terms of products that are coming to market and you know, what you see at Expo West and have you like what categories I'm curious are, are interesting to you? Not very many of the categories are interesting to me because I'm like totally just eating to eating. I'm not into processed. You're foods. eating all the whole foods, I guess. exactly. So they're not. <laughs> there are new foods that are getting introduced, but mostly it's a lot of processed foods that are getting introduced. Now, if they're being introduced in our category, they tend to have less. Uh, they're less processed. Like one of the processed foods I love is um, uh, Rhythm Foods has a a what they are. They're uh, beet chips, yeah. and they're just dehydrated beets. So there's no salt, no sugar, nothing else. It's just the whole beet has been dehydrated. I don't know if you've had those before, but they they, are. they're, they're good. really good. So there is a trend line towards also the beverage category continues to ex- yep. explode with new um, new innovations. I think about how the world's changed in the last 10 or 15 years, and, and my God, I mean, it's not just artists and craft beers anymore. But there's craft, artisan, alcohol of every kind. 
so vodkas and, and tequilas and and uh, uh, it's like every city is ringed with food entrepreneurs now it's the most innovative time probably in the history of the world for yeah. food so in exploding new categories and i you know it's really hard to even try to even try to keep up with it well, even like sea vegetables yeah functional beverages yes. stuff that you wouldn't even think about exactly uh uh, water is another category yeah. that continues to. I mean, if you go back twenty or thirty years ago, that you know, it was hardly a category at all. It's water is the single biggest category that Whole Foods sells in our stores. Water, it is. We sell more water than any other thing. That what's we, next to water? What's next to water? Yeah. What's number two? Um, then you get into you get into produce at that point, like things like bananas and and uh, how are avocados doing these days? Very well since we dropped the price. <laughs> <laughs> you made millions of people happy across America. Well, good. By we're gonna, dropping the price of avocados, and we're going to be doing other price cuts as well. So, um, one of my missions is to completely stamp out that the whole paycheck uh, moniker, and we made good progress in our first year with Amazon, and we'll make further progress as we go forward. That's fantastic. Well, we're big fans here. We live on Instacart and, and Amazon Prime and, and avoc- a lot of avocados. So, <laughs> Avocados, if you're going to live on one food, that's a pretty good one to live on. It is, although, Vol- do you know Walter Longo, mm-hmm. the fasting mimicking? He's, an inter- he's a PhD. He has a very interesting point of view. Uh, so he, he, he's not a medical doctor. He was on the podcast once. He is not super bullish on avocados and his rationale is there's never been, we're consuming so much and history's never shown a generation of people that consume so many avocados. So maybe we don't know, but there's no medical data to support that. But it's an interesting point of view. But we can do the analysis of what's in avocado and we know that it's, uh, it's it's nutrient dense and it's got a lot of healthy you know healthy fats in it. So I'm um, with you. Does it mean we should be eating four or five avocados a day? Probably not. That is, a, <laughs> but uh, uh, eating uh, you know a couple avocados a week is certainly a healthy thing. Are there so going back to uh, category? Are there you talking about whole foods, vegetables? Are there any like vegetables that are trending before we segue to the, the cookbook? What vegetables might be trending? Um, I think there's a continued trend line for all the cruciferous vegetables. Uh, because the science for cancer, uh, the fact that cruciferous vegetables are, have anti-cancer properties makes those. I'm talking about like kale and cauliflower. Cauliflower is a big trending vegetable, for example. There's, you think about hardly anybody ate cauliflower. Now there's like cauliflower buffalo wings, cauliflower mashed rice cauliflower rice, yeah. mashed cauliflower, one of my favorites to make. Cauliflower is like a, definitely a trending vegetable. Uh, but I think all the cruciferous are. Cabbage is the one that nobody ever thought about eating, sure. but now cabbage is making a comeback because it's cheap and it's, it's super nutritious. for the microbiome. Exactly. Oh, well, that's a big trend. You're going to talk about trending. It's Kind of the new frontier is is gut nutrition, right? We're beginning to realize that our immune system. I don't know if you ever read the book Ten Percent Human. Ever heard of that? I book? know the book. I didn't yeah. read it though. It's a great book to read and it reads really really well. But I mean, if you look at the human body, only ten percent of all the cells that are in our body are actually our own. Mm-hmm. We're ninety percent composed of of bacteria and viruses and fungi in this sort of semi mutualistic cooperative arrangement with us, and most of those are in our gut. And so, like people that tell me they can't digest beans, and the answer is, or they get a lot of gas. It's like you don't have the right gut bacteria, right? Because, but you can you can grow it 
if you will feed small quantities of beans to your guts, the, the bacteria will be, the, the digest beans will start to multiply. I mean, like I haven't had, I haven't had meat in so many years that I am sure that if I had just like, let's, I had a steak, uh, I would like, I couldn't digest yeah, it. it. I don't have well. the, I don't have the gut bacteria to do that any longer. So we feed our guts. And so all the fermented foods, that's a real trend. You talk about trends, fermented foods of all types are trends because we're trying to get healthy bacteria in our guts that will help our overall immune system because the health of your gut has a lot to say about your overall health. So if you've got a toxic gut environment, chances are your immune system's compromised. Sure. Leaky gut and, you, and your, all your, your, lymph, your lymph glands and everything begins to be um, challenged. So this fantastic new book, The Whole Foods Cookbook, is a follow-up to the, the Whole Foods Diet. Mm -hmm. Just get, Let's get people up to date on, on, on what is the Whole Foods Diet and, and just to catch up before we segue to the cookbook. Sure. Well, the Whole Foods Diet is really pretty simple. There's just it's just two rules in it. Um, we document what we're saying pretty, we really tried to ground it in the sciences. And, it, and it, uh, some of what we said, well, I would have to say most people don't want to believe, we're not saying what's popular, or what, but we were saying what we think is true, true to the science, which is that uh, basically you should eat, you know, Michael Pollan had it right in the omnivorous yep. dilemma. Eat real food, mostly plants, not too much. And I actually think if you're eating a whole foods, plant-based diet, that you probably don't have to worry about eating too much. It's usually the processed foods and things like oil and sugar that end up being a lot of empty calories. If you're if you're eating high fiber, whole foods, plant based diet, you're gonna you you're just you can eat all you want and you're not gonna be eating too many calories. So the last part of Pollen's um, formula is probably not necessary. In our in our book, we said eat eat whole foods, eat real foods, ninety to 100% plant-based. So we think you can eat a little bit of animal foods and, you, and, it, we don't, and we think your health will be fine. There's ethical reasons perhaps not to eat uh, any animal foods, but I think from a health standpoint, small quantities are not inconsistent with it. That did, when we came out with the Whole Foods Diet, that did, uh, all three of the authors were, uh, myself and Matt and Alona are all uh, vegans, ethical vegans, but the fact that we allowed a little wiggle room there upset a lot of people. And really? Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the hardcore vegans said, how can you let, you can't even have that 10% in there. You're just, it's bad. And even though we had it's a chapter, okay. <laughs> well, I had a chapter in the book, chapter 13 makes the case for eating 100% plant-based. But most of the people that were upset at the book didn't actually read it. And they certainly didn't read chapter 13. So this book, the cookbook is, uh, it's 100% whole foods. So we don't have any sugar, we don't have any oil, we don't have any processed grains or refined carbohydrates in it at all, and it's 100% plant-based. And so we, a few places in the book will show if you want to add animal foods, you know, chicken or fish or something like that, here's where you could do it. Sure. But we don't, none of the recipes actually include it. So we, hopefully, the plant-based community will it should embrace, be. Like, embrace look, this book. I think book. we've talked about this. Look, all or nothing is hard for a lot of people. So if you can get 90%, that's pretty darn good. I know, but we don't <laughs> want to alienate what we think is the core constituency of the yeah. book either. So yeah, we, well, it's both. I think trying to thread the needle in today's polarized society is difficult <laughs> because we're so, Very well said. We're so tribalized. Should we go to the Texas race yet next? <laughs> <laughs> we're so tribalized, and, and there's a tendency to hate the other tribe, that the others are the evil. And in food, you got think about it. You got the paleo and the low carb folks. You yeah. got the ketogenic diet. You got bulletproof going on. You've got 
the plant-based vegan community and and they're which tribe are you and if you're in the wrong well, the tribe they want to kill you it's if you look at every all the diets you just mentioned if you really do an analysis there's a lot of common ground there is. and probably 80 percent you guys can agree yeah. on which is what you're saying is a lot of great vegetables exactly sugar's bad right oils okay there's a debate you yeah. know and meat there's a debate but like everyone's really grounded in nobody vegetables. nobody really argues against uh fruits and vegetables yeah. now what's interesting what's happened in the last couple of years is now there's an argument against uh beans for example yeah, the lectins, lectins yeah. but which to me is sort of a nonsensical argument. I just get gas. So that's what that's. <laughs> you just haven't. You got to feed the right bacteria there, Jason. But I just gave up. I, I think for the sake of our marriage, I just gave up. But you know that <laughs> that scientifically, if you study the blue zones, if you study Dan sure. Butner's yeah, work, yeah, I love Dan. Yeah. So what Dan will tell you is is that if you're looking for commonalities between the blue zones and their longevity. It comes down to they eat a lot of vegetables and they eat a lot of beans. Sure. Those are the two that they all have in common. Sure. But it goes back. I always think it's to your point. I think it's silly that 80% everyone I totally agrees. agree. We're all on the same team trying it, to make the world a yeah. better, healthier, happier place. Well, it's it's because food has overtones of religion in it or politics. Absolutely. People fight about the minor differences. <laughs> and uh, uh, if if... Just like they might in theology, or, in, or also oftentimes in politics, if you diverge a little bit, you're seen as not part of the tribe. You get excommunicated sure. from the from the from the faith. Well, I, I get it. And so many people, you know, something happened, you know, a health event and something, and they make a change, and they went from being ill with no answers to I'm great and I'm thriving, and and it's very easy to all of a sudden start to self-identify where but, this is it. Like this is this is. The I way. have found the one true faith. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think what happens for a lot of people. Uh, is that I've seen a lot of people that like go on a paleo diet or ketogenic diet. If you stop eat, if you stop eating refined carbohydrates, if you stop eating sugar and refined grains, uh, and you start eating real food, by God, you're going to feel a lot better. Yeah. So uh, that would the same thing would have happened if you'd if you'd gone to a plant based uh, diet as well. Sure. Because you're eating real food and just getting rid of refined carbohydrates and sugar. You're going to notice far more energy, and you're going to feel a lot better. You're going to sleep better. You're going to just have a lot more vitality. So, so I have to ask you a keto question. Do you think it's yeah. a fad or a trend? Uh, it's. You mean how long will it last? Kind of. Yeah. Thing? Like, does it have legs, or is it just? I don't think. It, I think it has. I don't think it has legs per se, because I think. I mean, already the science is beginning to come out against it, but it's just another variation of the low carb diet. That's sure. how I see it, and I call the low carb diet. If you go all the way back to Atkins, I, I, I consider it like a zombie diet, meaning it it you can kill it, but you can't kill it. It just pops back in another. Well, to, another to, iteration. Well, to your point. If Primal. you're doing low carb, if you're eating lots of vegetables and minimal meat, like that's low yep. carb too, but healthier. It, what becomes a problem when when it's you walk Expo West and every booth has a fake food. Yeah, well, what's problem. what's hard is for people over the long term to maintain a ketogenic diet or a paleo diet, and the reason why is is that people may not like this, but we evolved primarily as carbohydrate eaters. It's the it's the that's the food that uh, mostly in the form of tubers and starchy vegetables. That's the preferred 
food for our bodies, for energy, for the brain, and, and it's very hard for people. It takes a tremendous amount of discipline. So most people that lose weight on a ketogenic diet or on a, on a paleo diet, there's a tendency in the long term for them to drift away from it mm -hmm. and to get back into carbohydrates because their body wants them. Sure. The, the, the thing they get right, and if you there are what I call the good carbs and the bad carbs. The good carbs are the ones that are part of whole foods. I mean, a whole foods plant like uh, uh, sweet potato or, or squash or beans. These are, these are foods that um, uh, don't have negative impacts on our blood sugar, that, that basically give us the slow-burning carbohydrates that our body craves. And, but then the bad carbs are the sugar and refined flours that, are, and that you find, refined grains that you find in most processed foods. Sure. So if you cut out those processed foods and you cut out those refined grains, that's a really healthy thing, and we recommend that in our, our books. So but people have a tendency to throw the, the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Carbs are evil, so let's get rid of all the carbs. And they're throwing out the good carbs along with the bad carbs. Sure. So you mentioned sweetener. I'm curious, the recipes you have in here, desserts, what do you use to sweeten them up a little bit? We only use fruit. Oh, oh wow. Mm -hmm. But we do have some recipes for how you can make, like, uh, you can take any type of dried fruit and turn it into a paste. Mm -hmm. So you could, you could take apricots or dates or figs, and then you, you can soak those, then you mix and put them in a, in a blender, a high, like a Vitamix with a little more water, and you're going to get a, a paste that uh, you can add to many of these, almost some of the recipes if you want to sweeten it up a little bit. So it's still a whole food, but it's a little more concentrated, so you get a little bit of the sweetness that you, that you want. What's your favorite dessert in the book? Uh, the favorite, my favorite, de de is the, they have a um, chocolate, uh, tofu chocolate uh, 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 sweetened with um, uh, either fig paste or date paste. That's my favorite uh, That's dessert. A That's a really a parfait. It's really quite okay. delicious. There was a number. Is there a number two? Is there a runner up? Uh, you know, the book is not super detailed on desserts. Uh, and some of my favorite desserts are not actually in, me, in this book so we've you know we've only got like five desserts uh, as, as it should be yeah <laughs> yeah so this is a dark chocolate pudding parfait with berries and cacao nibs and it's pretty pretty awesome what about do you have a go-to breakfast yeah uh well my go-to breakfast uh is like i had this morning i travel i travel with a rice you travel cooker. with right yeah yeah i travel with a rice cooker and today i had a you must be so tsa i soaked well that's I checked the bag. I've actually tried to carry on the rice cooker, and it, 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 don't ever try that because, <laughs> my God, I mean, it's like, like the whole bomb squad came over. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like it's just a rice cooker. See, it's really simple. No, but I mean, I'm amazed I made my flight that day, and uh, so I decided I'll never. So you take, checked the you checked the bag. Check, now. I checked the bag, and if I'm going to be like I'm going to be in New York all week, so it makes sense to bring it. If I'm just going to be there for a day, I probably will will not do the rice cooker. I'll probably travel with like a Rip's Big Bowl cereal yep. and uh, just get some almond milk wherever I arrive from Whole Foods, and I'll have that for breakfast. But today I had steel cut oats that were soaked overnight in the rice cooker, and then I added black fresh blackberries to it, and I had some unsweetened vanilla almond milk that I had on it. And it's great. I mean, I, it's like having a familiar thing every day when I travel. Had a salad at Whole Foods for lunch today. And I'm going to, where am I going tonight for dinner? Uh, uh, Blossom, which is a nice, sure, a nice yeah, Blossom uh, vegan restaurant yeah. in Chelsea. So I'm heading there tonight.
What are your favorite vegan restaurants in Austin? In Austin? Yeah. Well, Austin has the healthiest vegan restaurant in the entire United States there. And it's my favorite. It's called Casa de Luz. It's kind of a macrobiotic. And oh. it's no, um, they never use, uh, they never use refined carbohydrates. They don't use any oil. It's, it's every day you're going to get some kind of whole grain, some kind of, and it rotates those grains, some kind of bean, some kind of nut sauce, and lots of vegetables, green, some kind of greens, and some kind of uh, steamed vegetables. It's always delicious. And so that's the best. Then there's, um, there's a kind of the junk vegan food, which is a, <laughs> a place called, um, uh, uh, the beer plant. They have 40 beers on tap as oh, well, wow. and it's sort of vegan pub food. Oh, interesting. Uh, the guy that owns it actually used to work for Safer Way 40 years ago. No way. Yeah, I've known him for 40 years. And uh, and he's got it, and he and his wife started it up, and it's very successful and very popular. Inside Whole Foods Market in our Lamar store, we just opened a Next Level Burger, which is a vegan burger joint. based in. They're based in Oregon, and we've got like six of them in our stores now. And we have one in Brooklyn in our yeah. uh, Fort Greene store. I've been to it. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. So a cool store. Yeah, so that's those are three that come to mind. Plus another one called uh, Counterculture, which is uh, a vegan dive but has great food. And then there are the food trucks. There's tons of vegan food trucks in Austin. What about when you go to L.A.? Do you have a favorite place there? Oh, God, I love L.A. There's, You know, the one I like best there in L.A. is uh, there's three that pop in my mind. But first, I really love Real Food Daily. Because that's just, that's, that's the way I like it. Yeah, because that's just getting, you know, whole grains or uh, sweet potato and beans and steamed vegetables, the really healthy stuff. Um, I also love Cafe Gratitude. Yep. I go there. I'm going to get some oil when I go there, so I'm not super happy about that, but the food's really good. And then there's a place in uh, Vena, another place in, in, in Abbott Kinney. They're called... Um, plant? Uh, plant, yeah. Matthew Kenny's place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Plant. Plant uh, food and wine. Yeah, plant yeah. food and wine. That's really good. And they got a great atmosphere outside. So those are the three. If you mentioned gratitude, it's a Mexican place. Yes, I have Grasse Madre. Uh, Grasse Madre. Yes. I love that place. I really love that place. Think about it. It's easy to do Mexican, vegan. It is. And, and course, there's tequila. And I live in Austin. And the truth is I can go to any Mexican restaurant as long as they don't put lard in the beans. Oh, I can eat. Although sometimes they do. You know, there's something about putting pork in traditional yeah. beans. So if they have what I call clean beans, then I can eat it. That well, if you go to like restaurant. a barbecue place, they automatically just throw in. Uh, they, I don't go to barbecue places <laughs> myself, but um, uh, Mexican's pretty easy. I mean, Mexican, Thai, Chinese, Indian, I can always eat well at those ethnic restaurants. And you mentioned veggie burgers before. It seems like there's like a veggie burger revolution. We have some cool veggie burgers in this. What, uh, what are they based out of? Black beans? No, they have. Yeah, uh, so they're, they vary tremendously. And we have a whole chapter on constructing whole foodie veggie burgers. And my favorite one is this Greek burgers with dill, hummus, and cucumber relish. It's Ooh, really Mediterranean. Good. Yeah, it's really good. Mediterranean. So go when you travel, like what are your other like go tos? Because I think some people will struggle with like snacking and the day and the three p.m. You know what, you slump. Know what, honestly, what a lot of people tell me is that when they travel, and because I do it too, so I actually yeah, they say, well, I just find out wherever a whole, good Whole Foods is, and I get a book a hotel near there, so I just kind of takes care of my food thing. Just go there for two or three meals a day. So do you still like walking in the store? Yes. Is it relaxing for you? or, or, uh, or No, or no, because <laughs> people always recognize me, and then they want to have their picture taken with me. So uh, it's kind of a joke. I was Today I ate at our, at our Union Square store here in Manhattan, and nobody recognized me. I was talking to Rob, and I said, man, this is so cool. I got, I got to eat a lunch with nobody coming up and, you know, 
coming up for a picture or to meet me. So uh, I am a celebrity within Whole Foods Market. You are, <laughs> and in the wellness world. My another Whole Foods question: Do you have so the stores are so different, and in so many ways have embodied values of neighborhoods. Like I remember when Oakland first opened up, and you came to the bar, like it felt like part of the neighborhood. Yeah. Like, do you have any? I know it's like picking children, but do you have any like sort of favorites that have a special place in your heart in terms of your locations? I can tell you where our our we rank our stores, and and we have a, every year we come up with our top ten stores in the company which is very prestigious to be on the top 10. And then we do a gold, a silver, and a bronze. I can tell you that our, our Brooklyn store in Gowanus has won gold two, years in, two years in a row. So that's, that's considered overall as the best store we have. Um, but we keep opening up really great ones. So it's good to, to, get in, to get in. I don't know if Brooklyn will be able to maintain it another year, but New York has some of our very best stores. Make, make, no, mistake, make no mistake about it. So how many locations do you have now? Uh, 492, actually, as of today. In the next year, how many? Uh, we're open about 30 more in 2019, so we'll be up to wow. uh, over 500. We'll pass that mark for sure. Wow. Congratulations. Thanks. And, of course, I have I, our, our corporate headquarters are on top of one of our flagship stores in Austin. Sure, the mothership Yeah, the mothership. So, obviously, I don't always think that store is our best, best executed store, but it's the one I spend the most time in. So... I'm very happy because of how I can eat there. We now have um, we have kiosk ordering system where you can get I can get you can order bowls, wellness bowls, and all the wellness bowls are fantastic. Or you can get um, uh, sandwiches where I can get a TTLA sandwich. Or we've got uh, tacos and I can get vegan tacos uh, and and um, pizza including vegan pizza. So I'm very happy with that kiosk order system because it's fast and you can do other things while you're waiting for the food to come out. So that, that'll that be something I think you'll see in most Whole Foods over the next few years. Interesting, kiosk. Yeah, the order kiosk. Particularly since we've, you know, we've, um, along with Amazon, we've, we're raising everybody's, the minimum starting wage at Whole Foods will be $15 beginning in two days. Wow. So, so a lot of team members are getting raises. I mean, all, every one of our hourly team members, in fact, is getting a raise. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but that also means our costs are going up. So we need to become more productive and efficient and probably investing more capital. Like a kiosk, for example, means people can be producing the food and they're not waiting for you to decide what kind of bread you want today. And do you want mayonnaise or mustard on your sandwich? And uh, that takes a long time when people are thinking about it, but they can take as much time as they want at the kiosk. We don't care. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's a very exciting time for grocery, for Whole Foods. And you, congratulations on the cookbook. Thanks. We're really excited about the cookbook. And uh, I, I, like I say, my the Whole Foods diet got, uh, uh, the, the, the book tour got cut almost immediately. You're one of the few people I yes. actually talked to. <laughs> and and uh, I'm hoping that this book will help resurrect some interest also in the Whole Foods diet because they're they're together. They're essentially, this is the companion book to the Whole Foods Diet. Well, everyone check out the Whole Foods Diet, the Whole Foods Cookbook. Vegan or non-vegan, there are some really delicious and amazing plant-based recipes that you will love. So pick it up. Thanks, John. Thanks, Jason. Good to talk to you again. Likewise. Always an honor to have you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.